What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pastor Dads, an all-new podcast brought to you by my friends Josh and Bo and Gabriel, who is speaking to you now. Hey, we started this podcast partly out of boredom, partly because we're all in different states now, and we just want a chance to have a conversation with each other like we used to in the old days. And hey, we thought maybe you'd want to listen to it as well and chime in. So without further ado, Josh, what is our topic for today? Information overload, stress, anxiety in younger generations. That's millennials and Generation Z. So what you guys got? Including us all the way down. Yeah. Um, Bo, you want to kick us off? I think you're the one that actually brought this I did bring topic it up, idea but, up. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry I was messing with the screen. I don't really know how to go into whatever y'all were talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... We, you, we want to start, we can like define it. Information overload, kind of self-explanatory, but um, if you look at the Wikipedia page, it'll tell you it is uh, also known as infobesity, which is, this is the first time I've heard that term, but that's, that's kind new. of, that kind of make, uh, adds an extra like. I like that. Yeah, it adds another dimension to it as, as far as like how serious and unhealthy it is. Infobesity, it's also called infoxication, infoxication. I don't, that's not fun. Nice. Information anxiety and information explosion. Basically uh, defined it is the difficulty in understanding an issue and effectively making decisions when one has too much information about that issue. It's generally associated with the excessive quantity of daily information. So that broke, breaking, broken down to that definition, effectively making decisions when one has too much information that like, that's the world Mm -hmm. right now. Right now. Yeah, Yeah. You can't, because everything has its cons and everybody thinks that's what you know there's a con to every decision and uh true the more you know the more cons you know (laughs) true Uh, i'm genuinely curious about all this uh I, i think both of you um struggle a little bit with anxiety but this is something that is like like high on my list to try to understand psychology is like so I'm, I'm so interested. And I think once I get done with like ordination, when I get there, I got three classes left, but once I get done with that, I think I'm, I'm actually thinking about taking some psychology classes. Cause I don't know. I, I I'm really curious. I struggle pretty bad with anxiety and, and, and I do spend gosh, gobs of time on social media, but I think that's because you know, I, I use the excuse because of youth ministry, but it's not necessarily always youth ministry, but it's kind of, is it like a, like a mind numbing? Like mm-hmm. I can just, I can just escape into this little hole for a while and not, cause that's, well, I think for me, yeah, like, well, <clears throat> go ahead. I think that's what it used to be, but it now for me, it's like just an, almost an addiction, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, scientifically that actually it produces endorphins and like your body wants that after you've had it and so the more you do it the more endorphins you have you get used to that you enjoy it your body craves it so that's why you get addicted mm. like that yeah that there's actually that you're gaining like humans just get a sense of satisfaction of knowing stuff about other people and yeah you know well plus it's that, that's all like yeah it's that and it's like that it's endorphins you're talking about you know when you get a, like a like or a positive comment on something you've posted mm-hmm. or something you've commented on that's like they say it's almost comparable to a, to a high, like that's a mm-hmm. basically a new form of drug, kind of the endorphin thing you're talking about. It's that, that positive reinforcement from strangers. Like who did, like really who cares, but you see that, like I, I post stuff on Twitter. I have like a fake Twitter account as a basketball guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll make comments on there, but it's about Razorback basketball. I'm not gonna tell you who it is exactly. Cause I liked that. I'm, anonymous but oh come on <laughs> it's got it's got like 400 followers anyway he so i comment stuff on there and I'm like every time that fake basketball account gets a like i'm like yeah i'm the man it's stupid but it's mm-hmm. I, I love it I'm gonna grab some yeah I, so it all reminds me uh Gabe <laughs> left we'll see you i'm sorry <laughs> oh <the studio> puffs. <laughs> uh, uh. We watched the uh, Netflix show, The Social Dilemma, not too long ago. Um, that freaked that's me out. Good. I've heard that's really good. I haven't seen it. It's really good. Like everybody ought to watch it, but you know I can't force you. Uh, but you try. It was definitely worth the watch. Uh, or can you force it? It's pretty messed up. Uh, 
that really you know people think the way they do and you know creating things <laughs> but uh, oh you mean like like part of the social media thing is there's like there's purpose purposeful they like may the not great admit things to, to it, sabotage your brain basically they they won't admit to it but people the the documentary is made by a bunch of people that used to work for big social media and have quit and well no i don't think all of them have quit but a lot of them had uh just because they didn't agree with their methods but because uh, they knew like they were playing on psychological yeah impulses right. and stuff Oof. Mm-hmm. yeah and, I need to watch and not that. only that it's like the selling of it what's it, that's what's ridiculous like literally uh our text messaging last night this is what blew my mind last night we were text messaging the three of us and something came up about podcast like we were talking about today um and i got on facebook this morning and there was like several ads for Mm -hmm. like for like mics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's crazy and 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 they do they what they're selling you and, and 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 that's something you know and i think this is part of the problem is is it's not necessarily the fact that we're so connected because i think that's a great thing i think uh the overload part of the information comes from is it real or is it not real mm. I, yeah. I, I don't know if that i'm not yeah. trying to when it comes to social media yeah when it comes to social media that like well for one you get so much information about so many people that you could never get without social media True. And, right and so you're still getting the overload but you also have multiple factors on top of that of yeah is this person is this fake or like is this person really feeling this way do they really look this way do, is their life really in this good a shape probably not but uh so and, you got that too and if you were in person you could distinguish you know a whole lot more true. Uh, left from right up from down <laughs> part but, of that problem is you're you're looking filter. at other people's stuff and you're not knowing you talk about not knowing if it's true or not or if it's real part of the problem is we see some of that and we like our, our instinct is that it is real and you see all these people their perfect lives and their perfect everything because that's all they, you know people don't post the bad stuff for the most right. part people yeah. are going to show you the best parts of their life i've got relatives who were like that's yeah um and so you think wow my life's terrible and their life is amazing all the time so i think that's another factor of it is like this the subconscious envy of or maybe it is conscious i don't know but uh, i have it sometimes i'm like man they got it going on they've got this new church they got this new whatever and they're they're still running 350 people and they're having a good time their band is awesome all this you know mm-hmm. but it's like they showed a three-minute clip from a one service mm-hmm. and you know I, that, I, where, somehow where i went down the church route but that's, you know, that's the world we're in but yeah right so well and and you know like uh you know in youth ministry that's something that that, that like matter of fact i just talked about it last night we were doing like a q a with our teens um the filter side of things is unreal. Yes. Like yes. girls are literally like doing their makeup the way that filters make them look. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't scare you, I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious. I, you know, cause I'm like, not dating anymore. It, <laughs> right, right, right. Cause it could be totally fake, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I was telling them, I was like, you know, those filters, they're not real. And, and, and the whole makeup design thing, you know, you think about it when you see it in person, it doesn't look as good as, as it would on a filter. And so it's sad, like, and, and, but that's where the stress of this comes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not just teens. It's, it's all of us, you know, like, yeah. like, I mean, I, I, I don't ever take a picture without like, you know, doing this, you know, you know, cause I don't want my double chin to be in there, you know, <laughs> like for instance, even right now on our thing, I have my laptop set up higher. That's why I grew yeah. this, man. Yeah, I don't even have a chin. <laughs> now you've got an Amish chin. That's right. <laughs> what did you say, Bo, though, before that? Uh, I didn't say anything yet. I was uh, going to say it might take a turn, but this, to me, like, it relates in other areas, the same little topic. Like, the new generation has a like this affinity for digital stuff and like i guess i'm i'm an old man i don't know but like i hate watching movies when i can tell that they're cgi in them like mm. 
if it looks computer animated, I unless it's a cartoon, I do not <laughs> like to watch. Like it just irritates me. And like all the young people like go crazy about, oh, did you see the CGI in that movie? Like, yeah, I saw it and I hated it because <laughs> I could tell it was CGI. <laughs> I wanted to look real. Uh, and, and all the like they want to go the the uh, 4K and 8K TVs or whatever, where everything looks so smooth and crisp, but it, it looks more than real. Like it's, it's, weird, it's yeah. everything's smooth and crisp and that's not the way things really look. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I would almost rather watch a VHS I, than know, a 4K movie. I'm not, I'm not on that train. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get on that one. <laughs> well, it just doesn't look real anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're saying though. What's weird is, does that affect us with like, like for instance, like I, I, I'm no Gabe, you do this. I don't, Bo, you used to, but now at your new church, your new church, I don't think you do this much now. But like, I don't do much. Does that affect how we do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've only been to one service. Just got there. Uh, yeah, uh, but so like, far as you like, smiled and waved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, like the no, designing I did install two of, TVs of and like, some speakers. Oh, handyman. Sorry, we let Josh get his thought out in the sanctuary. Nice. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, like, like I I think it affects, um, like, even like for me with the live stream, like I'm never satisfied with how it looks or sounds, and and it's ridiculous because it's you know that whole instant gratification. Mm. True. It's all got to be 4K. No, that's yeah, that's not the problem. Well, that's the idea. Perfect. It's got to be perfect. Well, and so that's, and coming back to this information overload, like, so we have the ability, like, right now, in five seconds from this moment, I could watch parts of uh, like 10 different worship services Mm -hmm. from Elevation, Hillsong, whoever. And like Josh and I, that's that's part of our struggles. We're like, man, they're killing it. Their live stream looks amazing. Everything to do is amazing. And we're like, I, I don't, I didn't feel this pressure from, from your pastor, Josh, um, and BB, at least not as much as I do now, but I feel a lot of pressure now to try to match that. It's like, I don't, I've got a team of two people mm-hmm. compared to elevations rocking like 30 paid mm-hmm. staff to do oh, yeah. like, but it's also like that. That's what's, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say. It's almost like I have this feeling of failure now because I can't even get close to that level, which I in my mind, I know I don't even have the resources to get to that level, but there's this pressure from on high and from within myself at this point to try to even to look like that. And that's, I think that can be applied to every millennial on down as like whatever field you're in or whatever part of life you're in, you're seeing someone exceed what mm-hmm. you want to do when they have, they either had a head start on you or they have more resources than you, but you're just seeing the finished product. You're not seeing the process to get there. I'm not seeing elevations backstage. I'm not seeing the 30 years it took them to get to the church that they are. I'm just saying, boom, this is better than what I'm doing. And I'm in the same field and I suck. <laughs> like, and I think it's, that's it's, applicable to everybody, especially in our generation oh yeah. down. I, I've got like, like, uh, probably like on the, I could count like six or seven, like married couples that I know within this church that are, are close to our age or younger, uh, married couples that that like the husbands are like killing themselves on a daily basis just so that they could stay financially there at this level you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like the, the level and, and and it's and it's the succeeding the 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 mirage of succeeding i guess is what i you know uh man the whole topic of keeping up with the joneses and the american dream you know that kind of stuff you know and it's sad because social media has escalated that um Mm -hmm. and and it's it's become reality to some of us in our own personal lives i i i think you know i just i've got one of the one of the guys that i know he made he he worked monday through saturday 12-hour shifts and only one two days out of that whole week he was at home the rest of it he he was traveling and 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 i you know i i, I love and care for him but there are times where i'm like i just want to be like dude it, working is one thing supporting your family is one thing but you don't have to have all this stuff 
to be successful in life and you don't have to have that much money and that big of a career just because you see it on social media, somebody else posting stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because the truth is they may be having that. Let, let, let me put it like this. All right. When, when, when our band, when we were playing, um, I got to talk to Adam from Stellar Cart, the singer. And he, man, I told him, I was like, dude, I wish that I was in your situation. And at the time I was youth pastor and he's like, I wish I was in your situation. And he said, the truth is it looks glamorous, but dude, I don't ever see my family. You know, it's a good point. To that point, I think about the times when I'm, uh, especially now that I'm in a bigger city, um, you just drive through town and you see the amount of people who obviously have less than what you see on accounts on Facebook or, mm-hmm. you know, like there is a vast majority of people who live in poverty or close to it that do not have access to the things that many of us do. Um, and you just think about, you know, there's that many people that live like this, they survive and many of them are happy. Some of them may not be, they may still be fighting for that, you know, better job, the more money, but a lot of them have figured out how to be happy in that lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, they've realized they don't have to have all of the toys that everybody else does and they don't have to work all the time to, to struggle for that position. Uh, so that's that actually that's an interesting cause point because um, I actually had a conversation with uh, my youth, our youth pastor here um, Josh you met him I think Taryn Garber oh you yeah know, Taryn um, hey, kind of but yeah okay you've both met him probably at CTR um, mm-hmm. so he grew up like his dad is really well off his family his dad's got a ton of money he grew up really well off um, and my wife y'all know Anna grew up pretty well off her dad makes a lot of money um and i was talking to taryn about this kind of this you know concept of having a lot or whatever and he's like he he has a little bit of this um uh, i don't know what you call it he's just he has this feeling of people look at him as like daddy can cash a check whenever you know type thing Mm. because he has mentioned you know if i need a kid to go to camp and there's not enough money my dad will write a check for him which is totally different thing than my dad will give me a car or something. Right. And he, right. and I try to, I try to explain to him cause he just has this like dilemma of people think my dad gives me whatever. I was like, dude, I've never thought you to be a materialistic person. I was like, if anything, I think I'm more materialistic than you are. And you grew up with pretty much anything you wanted if you wanted it. And so I, I was like, I don't know why that is. I was like, you and Anna are kind of the same way. Like you don't care about stuff. Christmas and birthdays are impossible. Cause you just don't care. You don't want anything. And he's like, yeah, I think that's because uh, here's my point. It took me a while to get here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I think that's because we grew up with it and we saw there wasn't that much to it. Like we had all the stuff, we had all the things and it wasn't what it's all cracked up to be. So it's like, there's people fighting to get there and there's people who have never been there who are getting there, who are like still trying to fulfill that, that desire, that pursuit of happiness or whatever, the American dream that they're never going to receive it. They're never going to fill that spot. And it's, it kind of goes in with the information overload. Like we're going to keep feeding ourselves all this information false or not. And we're keep, we're looking for this, this end of the tunnel where there's happiness and joy, but it never comes like, and I've, I've fallen into this pit too. Like I got myself a new MacBook. That's going to make my life better. Cause I'll be easier to do it. No, I still have the same crap in my life. As I did before. I'm going to get a new guitar and that made me happier. No, I still, <laughs> I still suck at guitar. Like it doesn't matter. It's we people <laughs> who have had it. Yeah. Well, I, it, there's some guitar players here that make me feel like I suck at guitar, but I know I don't suck. That's not the point. The point oh, is man. the people, people who can step outside of themselves and look at the situation for what it is, who have been there, who have had that, understand that that's not what happiness is. And I think you guys, I actually admire both of you guys, because I think you, neither of you have really had that. But I think you you already know, like, that, that that's not where happiness is. And I don't think you've, either of you have been in that trap of like, if I just get this stuff, if I get this thing, if I can just have a little bit more money. Now, granted, we could all use a little more money, right? Everybody can use a little more money. But that's, I don't think you guys are like in that mindset. If I just had $5,000 cushion in the bank, I'll be a happy guy. Like, I think that's a struggle well, for me, know, actually. I think I got that from my mom. Love you, mom. You know, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it's interesting though. You, you, it's more than it's more than just that um it could go even even into like relationships like we see the relationships like yeah this so and so has this relationship and it's going like this way and it's like why can't i have that with my spouse or why can't i have that with my brother or you know what i'm saying like there there there's there's so much into play and and, and, and you know we've been talking for like 30 minutes now and literally this doesn't even scratch the surface of what's yeah. causing the anxiety and stress, you know, yeah, it's unreal. Well, and to Gabe, to your point, I, I mean, I, you know, came from a family that kind of sought after that American dream yeah. uh, for a lot of my, well, I guess most of my teenage life. I mean, it, to me, it felt like, you know, it was always a struggle to just get more and more and more. And so I did, I did live through that and I saw what it did to my family and, you know, the stress it put on us, not that it hurt us or, you know, tore us apart or anything, but I saw that it could have very easily. Um, And so I learned from watching at a young age that it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I come from. I mean, not that we had a lot, but I mean, we had plenty and, uh, we worked really hard for it uh, yeah <laughs> and i know i know what it took and so i just learned from that and so it's not like i learned from other people solely right yeah <laughs> I, I did have life experience uh, and i think it takes that for for anything for any real lesson people have a hard time grasping something unless they really experience it and that's so true that's why it's why it's hard to to get the point across to people who haven't already seeked out that uh, success. Right. And and not necessarily always about the success or getting the success. Uh, Sometimes we learn from not having it too. Cause like for me, um, you guys know, I mean, I, I grew up as a preacher's kid and uh, well, Gabe, you grew up as a band director's kid. So yeah, I mean, it's probably, but I, I, I still, I still remember times when I was like younger that ramen noodles was the main dish at home. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, 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 and that's just part of the ministry, you know, sadly, I, I, I'll be honest right now. Like I I'm more blessed than I've ever been. I, I feel like I'm more blessed than I've ever been as far as that goes. Like, um, financially, I never in my mind would have thought that a full-time position could happen here other than the lead pastor. I mean, Mm -hmm. all three of us have been in the ministry here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting to think about. Um, But, but, but I, I, I think the things that I learned growing up were more about being content in ways that I never thought that I could be. I struggled. I've had so many jobs in my life. I mean, I can't even tell you how many jobs I've had in my life and it was lack of contentment. So we can't it's not always, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not always, you know, what it appears, but in the same concept, you know, we all learn from different things and different avenues of it. But yeah. I do think that that's part of the stress though. And the anxiety, I, you know, it's interesting because I, uh, most people won't admit this, but I, I see a psychiatrist. Um, and I'm okay with, with saying that, you know, I, I get help for my anxiety. He's a Christian man and he's really awesome. He is a Rams fan, but that's okay. But he, he's a nice guy and there's something to be said. I was talking to him yesterday and there's something to be said about the constant back and forth, constant back and forth on, 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 from our phones, even, even the, the fact we were talking about like the stimulation of it. The fact is now more than ever like you will actually there that in what did you guys call it endorphins the endorphins yeah yeah the endorphins that you get from this it's unreal that you'll hear a vibration and he was telling me about this he's like the the, the psychiatrist they've done these things these studies where like they'll make it sound like a vibration and and every time people will look at their phones 
and and there there's nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and it'll just it, it's crazy. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of that, let's let me bring it up. Yeah, you, you ever have the phantom vibration mm-hmm. like on your oh, leg? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not man, even a phone in my pocket. Weirdest. Thing. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. If your phone's not even in your pocket, you're like, I gotta find my phone. Because <laughs> it's like somewhere in your mind, you're like, my leg felt like a virus. It must have vibrated somewhere. Like, you know, mm-hmm. where is it? That's crazy, man. So yeah, all this stress, anxiety. What's the answer? Overload. What's the answer? Yeah. What do you all think? Uh, I think it'd well, be different for everybody, but yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think. To... Go ahead. No, go ahead, Bo. I had to think of what you say. I was just going to say Jesus. I uh, know, <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely right, kids. It's Jesus. But, but but see, that's that's even that's even a a, a, a that's almost a Sunday school answer because like right because well like done. like yeah, <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> but like for me, you know, like 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 I on a regular basis, you know, I talk to God, I read my scriptures, I I pray. Um, but at what point? does it what point does social media our phones our anxiety the 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 status quo all of this stuff that we talked about what point do we do we make it right and not just say you know i'm just canceling everything so i don't have to deal with it you know because we can't actually we we can't exactly that's what i was getting at and that's a whole nother (laughs) podcast but uh, but we we can't we can't just rightly cancel everything yeah we've got to learn to control it you know well so uh you ever heard of the organized i didn't mean to cut you off Bo. no oh did we cut Bo off i did earlier really oh but you you definitely brought up some more topics to talk about there you did um but as far as like answers to the information overload and the anxiety have you ever read uh the organized mind thinking straight in the age of information overload no, because I haven't, but I have a list <laughs> of things. Um, so it's it's actually a staff writer from Forbes, like the Forbes 500 company people. Um, her name is Laura Shin. So she wrote like a, a, a list of 10 things. And I'm not going to read all 10 of them because some of them don't make sense on their own. Like I feel like you need to read the books to make, to make sense of them. But some practical stuff like do a brain dump, which uh, sounds fun because we all dump. Um, but says with a pit, with a, with a paper and pen, write down all your thoughts, divide them into categories by prioritization. This seems like a lot of work and then determine whether or not these tasks can or should be completed. So basically it's like things you need to do or thinking about doing or should do. Um, and like, so if you have, ta- I don't know if you guys ever get overwhelmed thinking about what you have to do or what you want to do or what you're thinking about doing, I, I guess that's a, a list. Yeah. Make a list, which I'm really bad about. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to do I'll prioritize in my brain and go from there. No, I got, I need to start writing stuff down. You'll catch me often going back and forth in the church because I, I yeah. literally can't focus. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you walk down the hall to do one thing. You're like, what was I just doing? You yeah. can't remember. So then you're like, well, I, I know I need to do this in this room. So you keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. So lists are important. This, well, it's this like when a- I go to organize an area, I'll start by putting stuff up in one area. And when I go to put something up in another area, I figure out that that's unorganized yep. too. Yep. So I'll start rearranging that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have three rooms in my church right now that are a freaking mess because of that reason right there. And I have yeah. two that I'm remodeling because I'm like, you hey, just need to redo these. <laughs> yeah, I gotta start writing stuff down. Um me too. So I like I like what she says here. She says, spend only as much time on decisions, tasks, and activities as they are worth. So part of this information overload is like one of you mentioned earlier in the podcast that um we like, we have so much information to make on a decision that we like, we there's, I think Bo said, there's like, we keep learning more and more cons and more and more cons. So we actually spend more time thinking about a decision or a task than it's worth thinking about. So I don't know how, th- what this looks like, but finding a way to spend only as much time on those things as it are worth, like figuring out what you want to eat for lunch. There's that, that's not worth a lot of time. Unless you have like some serious eating problem, obviously. Or buying a new phone case on Amazon. Like, oh my goodness. Reason. Is that personal experience? Yeah, because I'm the that. same way. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want you the read perfect all the comments for 200 yeah. different ones. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, they're all basically the same. 
Yeah, made like, by the same people, probably. Yes, <laughs> yes. Made out of the same materials. That is a in, great point. In the same area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably all built within 20 miles of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in Canton, Ohio. Uh-huh. I don't know what sure. that is. Hey, sure, Ohio. How many, how many more points are there on that, Gabe? Uh, there's like seven more, right. eight more. There, some of them don't really. Oh, he said ten, and he only went over yeah, one. Yeah, well, so. some of them don't really make. Like I said, some of them don't really make sense out of context. But one of them says, "Let yourself daydream," which I like. Like, oh, I do. Just that. have a moment I to just chill. Let yourself daydream. <laughs> well, especially like we're creative types. Like we're all music guys. Whatever. If we don't have time to just chill and daydream, inter- our creativity is. Mm-hmm. When you're yeah, under that's pressure, you can't create. You- <laughs> True. Right, right. Yes. I, you know, I, I was just telling my dad that though the other day. I said to my dad, I was like, you know, I can't think of the last time I just picked up my guitar just to create. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we had that I, conversation it, the other it, day too, me and you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, I literally, I play my guitar every Sunday and every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not doing that, I'm rehearsing for Sunday and Wednesday. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, uh, when am I going to enjoy playing the guitar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I don't enjoy worship. Uh, right, right. That's just, but, well, but just yeah. When, when are you going to play for you type thing? Which, mm-hmm. right. That sounds bad. Because on Sunday and Wednesday, we're playing for God. But you, y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think like, what I used in that conversation was there was a guy I was like kind of watching some of his uh, online lesson things, teaching guitar. And uh, he was telling you all these different things to do. But he's like, and then at the end, take five minutes every day, at least five minutes, and play whatever you want to play. Like, just right. have fun. Uh, That's a good rule of thumb. And don't skip that. <laughs> skip something else, but don't skip that. Honestly, though, yeah, because you could easily lose your your passion for it if you're not if you're just constantly working and not playing. Yeah. Well, and Josh, you talk about picking up a guitar and just like writing or just creating. I was going through an old uh, external hard drive yesterday, actually. It's kind of crazy. We're talking about this. And I found six songs that I had written, like most of in college, and just laid down like an acoustic basic track and sang. And most of them were actually decent. I was like, where did this come from? I can actually take all yeah. these, record a full out, like an EP with them. And then I, I'm like, I think I did that within a month in college. And now I'm like, I haven't written anything in six years. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can see this. It's blue. It says something. What does it say? Okay. So my dad was cleaning his office the other day. You said that. And it oh made me think gosh. of this. Is this, a, right. is this an old lyric this, book? So this was like right when Bo joined the band. Because uh, uh, mm. it still has Jordan Jordan in here. Uh, but it was the Avatars. I forgot Jordan was our drummer for like six months. Yeah. And so like there's a song called Rise Up, the Adonai. Uh, the Adonai, yeah, we have- one crazy night. Bo-, Bo wrote that with us. We wrote this together. One, one crazy, crazy night. night, I forgot. Yeah, one yeah. crazy night, one I don't remember night, how it went. One crazy <laughs> night, that's all I remember. Is that chorus? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because the, the verse was like the verse was kind of like TFK style back in the old days where you like rapped and then like, yeah, anyway. Most but of our songs were like I- that then. True, we were kind of <laughs> yeah. rap for I, I was we a little obsessed with. We didn't know if we were Tiller or Card or. <laughs> we didn't know who we were. We had too much. I influence. was obsessed with Trevor. I, you know, yeah. it, it's funny because we were talking about you know the likes and stuff. Man, uh, the high from that. Trevor literally commented back to me one time, and I went crazy. <laughs> and it's oh, uh, yeah. it, like I screenshotted it. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude. He. Uh, oh. I, I, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I do remember that. I think he sent us that screenshot. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. But that's that's the thing, though. He's just an average dude. I, he's an amazing writer, but yeah. he's just a dude like us. And that's what's crazy about all this. And like you know, the the idea behind all this, though, you think about it. Like my daughter, I was I was mentioning that my daughter has a YouTube channel. Think about that. My daughter is eight years old. All right, this is the common thing now to vlog yeah vlogging is is like so popular that that people are making millions from it is is and, vlog and, still a, is that still a word that people use yeah, yeah actually <laughs> okay 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. That's they. They say check out my vlog. Uh, I really? thought I dated myself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, on 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 those kids shows, which I don't know. I don't. I, you know. Make it a what else no, I like it. it. Well, I don't know. I just haven't heard the word vlog in a long time. It's usually like no. check out my channel. Well, kids don't probably know. don't really know what the word is, but yeah, I think it's true. They probably don't know what it means. Because I guess I'm, I'm not like saying I'm not. That was an insult. I just hadn't heard that word very much. No, I didn't think it was an insult, but yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that I just think that it it, it kind of speaks to the society we're living in. You know, you you <laughs> the reason we have all the vlogging and the reason it's it's so popular is because that is the mentality of life right now. The mentality of life has become, I mean, you guys remember when we were younger, we used to say, I, I did, I don't know if y'all did. I, I thought we did up in the attic one time, maybe, I don't know. But we used to say to ourselves, like, you know, it'd be awesome if we could make money off this KOS video, you know? Oh yeah. I think we all felt now, that way. Yeah. That dude, can you imagine if we had the quality of stuff that we have now so back then when we were that age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Hold, holding a flashlight so yeah. we had a light. <laughs> Dude, true yeah. story. Yeah, it taped on the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> taped to the camera. <laughs> Dude, it's probably, honestly, it might be a blessing from God that we didn't have all the technology we have now. Because we probably would have done dumber oh, yeah. things and got ourselves killed. But um, there's no way we wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> One of us would be dead, for sure. <laughs> but we'd probably sure have a decent have. following on YouTube. What, Bo? I'm sure we all suffer from some sort of injury from that time. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just impressed that we all had kids after all that, to be honest with you. Mm. Especially, <laughs> especially me and Josh. What did you say? live it's, yeah especially live ones live yeah. ones yeah yeah we made oh, it through infancy oh man yeah oh uh hey I, I don't know if you're fixing to go yeah <laughs> i don't know if you were going to go back to the to those points but i i i, I was going to do a plug-in on have you guys read this book Z? uh next generation, generation Z. yeah me, yeah meet generation z by meet james emory white Mm-mm. oh my gosh so this book revolutionized my ministry um because the sad thing is it's not just generation z i mean they've done in-depth studies but it's not just them i mean you read that stuff in that book and a lot of it applies to us too uh yeah. and and you probably should read it to understand a little more in depth of what it means uh because it's literally along the lines of our podcast today well, I think the stuff that is, you know, more visible in the Generation Z started with us. And people were not willing to admit that there was yeah. a problem beginning. Uh, yeah. They didn't realize it until it had already gone so far. Yeah, I think it wasn't the as hit the obvious fan. with ours. Yeah, I yeah. think it wasn't as obvious with our generation. It's kind of kind of crept its way in. Mm-hmm. And it's we were we were just the beginning well, you know, of it. Yeah, true. Right. And like, you know, it started have, with like, text messages. I can't even remember like the day. I know it's like 2004 or something was when YouTube came out. And it feels like it's been around for, since, you know, forever. Yeah. But we made it through high school without it. I didn't yeah. realize, you know. <laughs> I yeah, did, it, you know. It feels like. That it is weird. It feels like it's been around our whole lifetime. That's what's weird. It was yeah. like, I don't really. Yeah. I mean, I remember life obviously before that, but it, it just feels like there was never a time where you could just go and watch whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, and for that matter, it's not just dude. watch whatever you want. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, and it's not just watch what you want. You could find anything you want. Yeah, yeah. That's what's crazy. Like, and and I I, I am literally forgetting how to spell because all I have to do is be like, hey Siri, true. how do yeah. you spell car? Mm-hmm. it's the simple things too like things you've spelled many times in your life and you you, you're like wait is that right yeah you spell it it doesn't look right (laughs) is that part of the information overload the infobesity have we have we packed too much junk into our brains that simple words are like wait a minute do you guys take your phone to the bathroom Uh uh-huh 
I spent, I have to I be in there a while how, anyway. So I, I don't have magazines anymore. So, you know, <laughs> that's interesting. Like I grew up, there was always reading material in the bathroom. So, like, but yeah. So what you, we was talking about what the answer was for the problem of our over informed lives. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, and I said, Jesus, and you went on, you know, whatever you said there but it just <laughs> made me think that uh that you know jesus is the answer it's the simple answer that you know the sunday school answer but in like it ultimately is the hard answer it's yeah. if you think about and you follow the teachings that scripture gives us from jesus that of how we're supposed to live our life and you relay that over into your social media life um and your the rest of your life for that matter then you would see the, how that is the answer um because he guides us in every step and he you know there are things like if there is something that's taken our attention away from him then that needs to be taken out of our life or if right. it's just taking too much of our time it needs to be reduced and so if we're taking in all this information that's not of god and you're giving god five minutes a day you know our culture is taking in information all day long all the time and right we're still giving god five minutes at the mm. end of the day and so so that's where the the answer comes is it's jesus but it's the hard decision to actually put jesus first and give him more time than you give other things. Uh, That'll preach. And I think I, yeah, for sure. And I think that, that, you know, you part of that goes into play in our families too. I, you guys, I, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but like for me, you know, especially being a pastor dad, if you will, I, I, I you know, I spend so much time at the church working on things that when I come home, I want to decompress is that the right word to use? Decompress. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I want to relax, you know, and um, before I know it, I've spent, you know, two hours on my phone and my daughter hasn't had any time with me and my mm -hmm. wife hasn't had any time with me, you know, and, and, and the reality of it is where's God's time. If I'm not even giving my family time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in reality, where, is your family's time if you're not even giving God's time because God's time should there be you go. first. <laughs> right. But we just get that mixed up. And that's another cultural issue that everybody puts family first and forget to put God first. Mm -hmm. or not right. Everybody, a lot of people put family first and that, like, that's the big, the, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and that type of mentality too goes along yep. with that American way is to, put family first and work hard and pay the bills. And then we'll think about God later. And Man, that's, that's so true. Yep. And it's like, so especially in our current culture, like putting your family first would be is admirable. And mm -hmm. of course we would, we would agree with that, but like Bo said, it's God before everything. And I think like our, our secular culture, or if you want to call it that really in our whole society would like the fact that we would legitimately say, yeah, family first, but before that is God. Like the, the the idea that you put God over your family. Even Jesus was like, "I'm over your brother, your mother. I'm over everybody." And I feel like that's probably frowned upon, and we feel that as Christians, and we're like, "Yeah, no, I'm put my family first, and God can have my extra time." Because I feel that sometimes. Because I I know I feel pressure like for my wife. Because I like Josh said, I'm at the church all the time, and we have nighttime activities. I'm gone a lot, and my kids miss me well, at least gabby does couple and just sits there and going ah because he's just eight mm -hmm. months old but <laughs> <laughs> my wife misses me she gets overwhelmed at home all that i had a point here where was i going but so yeah so it's god first and but if if realistically speaking we're not gonna like social media is not the way from our lives especially in ministry especially in covid like that's mm -hmm. part of our connection. Like Josh said earlier, like, that's the good part of social media is like the connectivity we have. The fact that we can do this, this is awesome. And we wouldn't be able to do this without some form of social media. This is a form of social media. Um, but 
I wonder if there is a way, which I think there is a way. I think this is maybe a, a partial solution to our not enough God time. Like, what if Josh, when you're decompressing, and this is for me too, when I take my phone to the bathroom, if I'm scrolling through Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and I see a situation, whether it's a friend or a family member or someone I don't even know, because people, we talked about people posting the perfect stuff all the time, but if people are desperate, they're posting that. If people are desperate about, you know, their child's health or their parents' health or their whatever, their financial situation. What if we stopped every time we saw something like that or every time we saw a fight breaking out on social media about religion or something? What if we stopped and we prayed over that situation? Because my first instinct is respond with pray hands, mm-hmm. care emoji, scroll on. And if I, if it's someone I know, yeah, I'll pray for him later. But what if in that moment, you yeah. do know that's a high five and not a prayer hands. No. Yes. You just ruined my life. I never knew that. I know. I always thought it was prayer. Everybody uses it so for pe- that. But. So people are posted like my my dad's about to pass away in the hospital. I'm high I No. I had a thought that I had a thought though, you know, what if what if and I'm not necessarily saying, hey, let's you know. <laughs> Let's have some social media time with our family. <laughs> but what if we brought our family along with our time with God? So like for me, like in the last, you know, this week, I, we've been trying to have a family Bible study. I got to be honest. I, it's sad for me to say that that's the first time we've done that as a family. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've been in ministry my whole whole life, basically. Um, and Julie and I have been a part of services together and part of little devotions together, but like as a family, like as a whole and like Gracie and I have prayed together, we've read scripture together, but like as a whole, that's the first time that's sad, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and if we could come together and put God first, the impact it would make. Yeah. Modeling it for your kids, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause I, and that's probably, you know, I have to admit I'm in the same boat, man. And part of it was like, oh, my kids are too young to even know. But mm. Gabby now is not too young to to be a part of that. And we, like you said, they, yeah, we read Bible together at night and pray together they, at night. But they catch on. Thing. Yeah, they do. Because I remember my parents, we had a family Bible study, but it like, I don't know when it stopped, but it was probably when I was around six or seven, maybe. And, you know, my older sisters got busy with sports and music and all that. And then my parents were both band directors by then. And it's like. I think they were just both tired and just, I don't know what else happened, but it's like, yeah, we did that when I was a kid and then it just kind of went away. So it's like, it's, it's a huge challenge to start that, but it's a bigger challenge to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Like, especially when your kids get older and they get involved with other stuff. And imagine your parents trying to tell you to sit down for a Bible study while we're trying to do KOS. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So that's going to be the challenge for us. My my wife, my wife should have been up from Missouri, you know, the show me state. Uh, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she's a hundred percent like, and that's one of the things I admire about my wife the most um, is her consistency. Um, but she said, she said something to me and it hit me. Like she said, she said, you know, Josh, um, you need to be consistent with this. If you're going to say we're doing this, you know, mm. <laughs> because my daughter, she's so intuitive. She'll know. She'll say, well, daddy yeah. said that we were going to do this. And if you act one way at church, you need to act that way at home. You know? mm. Yeah. Nothing but, like being hey, uh... <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. I'll say y'all are not alone. I mean, we struggle with the same things. I mean, we have done the Bible study in the past and Bible readings with the kids, but things just get busy and you, you either are tired or you don't, you forget you, you know, things happen, but, you know, it's important that we, we still feel that conviction to want to and to need to, uh, mm-hmm. and that we continue to try to do what we can. Uh, we at least try to at least point out life lessons from God and things that happen throughout the day and whatever, but uh, I we think definitely that's, need to do more of the That's study. equally important, though. That's a good point, point out life lessons from God throughout the day. That's, that's actually... I hadn't really thought about that, practically speaking. But I think, and this isn't to make excuses for us, but I think just the fact that we're all in ministry, um, we're constantly pouring out. And it's like, that's one more thing that we're yeah. pouring out. And it's like, and that's arguably the most important place we pour out. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you got to, your church is important. But personally, 
if I'm choosing between church body and my family, like on a local level, I'm going to choose my family because that, I mean, church has got other pastors here, honestly, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my family, I'm it. Well, my dad told me one time, and and, and the reason my dad is says, because um, when we left Kansas, let me just say this, when we left Kansas, the ministry to come here, they did like a, uh, an exit interview. I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of one of those, but uh, the exit interview, like they, they like ask him a bunch of questions and then they rated him on those things. And he was like a hundred percent in every area except one. And the one area was uh, ministering to his family, his, Mm -hmm. his life at home. And um, I don't remember that, which is weird because I was always at the church. I enjoyed being at the church. Um, but it made me oh, think, I, I don't know about my brothers. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there, there was something about there was a other things. or. Uh, yeah. yeah. There were some oh, issues. Uh, there's a little bit of issues. But, but you know, kind of, kind of overall, I don't, when, when we moved here. Uh, there was some issues. Yeah. I'm lost track. There, yeah. <laughs> there was some issues. I lost it on that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you think about that though. Like when my dad came, like he said to me not too long ago and he said, son, I know I haven't been, you know, the greatest father figure sometimes. Um, but he said, I want you to know that the most important thing that you can do as a pastor is to get it right at home. Because if you can't get it right at home, how can we expect you to get it right at the church and the ministry? Um, do that hurt. (laughs) to hear uh uh i was so thankful to hear it but man so true yeah i think paul says something about that about elders if you uh if you if your house isn't in order then you're not going to keep a church in order <laughs> oh yeah yeah all right guys that's way past time for us hey thank you so much for joining us today on pastor dads if you guys have any questions or comments or you have a topic you would like us to discuss please send us an email at pastordadspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to get in a conversation with you and possibly even have you on the show with us. So that's it for us this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week right here on Pastor Dads. <laughs>